That's precisely why I've asked you all here today. They probably can wipe us out unless we two form a bond to work together. We'll form the most powerful and sinister group the world has ever seen. From now on, we'll be known as the Legion of Doom. Our headquarters will be in the swamp, hidden beneath its murky waters. All right, welcome back to another episode of Generally Assembled, your favorite Pennsylvania House Republican podcast. I'm Jason Gottesman, joined by Neil Lesher, and uh, a first-time guest on the podcast, Representative Kate Clunk. Welcome, Representative. Thanks so much for having me today. And, uh, well, it's not just today. You'll be here for eternity, because that's how the internet works. You're here forever. (laughs) Don't forget, you're here forever. Forever and ever. So my kids and grandkids and grandkids, grandkids will listen to this someday. Well, I guess until we do get kicked off of Spotify, which probably is inevitable. Wait Uh, for it. Yeah. It's coming. And Apple. But we're back on Twitter. We are back on Twitter, thankfully. We're still there. Uh, We are still there. It didn't take Elon to bring us back. Uh, no, it just took some connections uh, well placed within Twitter to because that's how it works. It's Twitter's, you know, it's an insider thing. It's uh, if you don't know people within the building, you're going to stay suspended. But thankfully, we've had plenty of people that know people within Twitter. And honestly, you know, one of the interesting things about Twitter is that the best way they say to get in touch with employees of Twitter is to DM them. So like they're like, please use the platform to communicate with me. Anyway, that's interesting. Wow! Nice segue. <laughs> you know. Well, it's been a, uh, a crazy busy week uh, here in the Pennsylvania General Assembly, really on the PA House side because the Senate, well, they're off doing their own thing, not in session uh, till the end of May. But, you know, it's not like they do a lot to actually pass our bills and we send them over anyway. So. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, Representative, you know, you've had a, a bill here that you've been working on, and you've, you've been a transparency advocate for some time here, and I think... Uh, you had a very important bill move out of committee, right? We did. Uh, this week it was House Bill 2441, uh, two of my favorite numbers, so this is a lucky bill for me. 2441 right, is... Well, you got to explain why they're your two favorite numbers. Okay, well, 24 was my number in volleyball, mm-hmm. and 41 is my favorite Dave Matthews Band song. All right, well, that's an explanation if I've ever heard one. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, House Bill 2441 is uh, it's a transparency bill, and it's unfortunately our continued quest to try and get COVID data out of the Department of Health, which we've been fighting on. We're you know what, two years into COVID post. Yeah the initial start of COVID. And, you know, we saw all of these anomalies with the data, data that just wasn't correct, data that was disappearing, um, especially on the death certificate side of things. Deaths that were reported as COVID, maybe not COVID. We all got those calls from family members where, hey, you know, on the death certificate it says COVID, but dad really died of cancer. Um, It really wasn't COVID. He happened to catch COVID, um, but really was the cancer that probably took him. Car accident. We had one of those, uh, state representative from the western part of the state. Car accident, uh, happened to have and test positive for COVID. So we had a lot of questions for the Department of Health, not a lot of answers. So we unanimously, in November of 2020, yes, we all came together, Republicans and Democrats, and we passed a resolution asking the department for certain COVID-19 health data. The LBFC, the Legislative Budget Finance Committee, was actually tasked with doing that report. And guess what? 
they didn't get what they wanted. They didn't get what they asked for because the department withheld the information. They came back, and the Vital Statistics Law of 1953, before any of us here were ever born or even thought of, my parents weren't even born yet, 1953, they pulled out I don't even know how the department lawyers from the Department of Health actually, with a straight face, wrote the memo. It's just laughable, in my opinion. They said that the LBFC, which has been around for over 60 years, has done research on numerous things, everything from Medicaid and mental health resources to rape kits, you, you name it, all kinds of stuff that they've done research on, that they were not doing this for research purposes, that they aren't a research agency and that they're not an agency of government. The LBFC, which was created by the House and Senate to do research. Funded in the state budget. Funded in the state budget. Their positions paid for with taxpayer dollars. They get health benefits. You know, all of those things, you know, we pay for their pencils, their computers, their everything. Well, and every research report that they do is directed by either either the House or the Senate via resolution, right? Correct, Neil. It was House Resolution 1087 of 2020. Unanimous. Republicans and Democrats in the House all voted for it because we all wanted answers, because it's not a Republican or a Democrat issue. You know, when when these families are calling my office, I'm not asking, well, hey, are you a Democrat or are you a Republican to get answers to COVID? You're just an average ordinary Pennsylvanian and you want answers. And we voted to get the people of Pennsylvania answers. The Department of Health keeps standing behind this. They're not an agency of government. This is not a research function. It's just absolutely laughable. And it's it and I looked at the Department of Health after the LBFC meeting when they released their report that said, "Hey, we weren't able to get everything that we need." Um and oh, by the way, we should amend the vital statistics law so we can actually do the job that you asked us to do. So can you get on that, please? amend the law so we can do the work that you want us to. And after that meeting, I talked with um, our, our good friends and legislative assistants over there, and I said, how can you with a straight face issue this legal guidance? How? What are you hiding? And I hope that you're not hiding anything. I, I hope to God you're not hiding anything. Just hand over the death certificates that are in question. There's a handful of them. And you're, I'm not asking you to provide any information that is personally identifiable just redacted death certificates, and they won't do it. Well, here's the bottom line. Tom Wolf hates transparency. Yeah, that's yeah. a bottom line. Yeah, just bottom lined it for you. There it is. For everybody out there, he hates it. He's all about government secrecy. And what are they afraid of, right? So, I mean, and we, you're right, absolutely right, Representative Clunk. For two years, it's been House Republican Caucus primarily who has poked with questions and asked questions that has you know, incrementally led to changes in in the Wolf administration's COVID response. Um, in fact, if you remember way back in early 2020, it was uh, former Speaker Terzai sent a letter and said, can you give us some data in terms of like the, the COVID deaths? Do they have comorbidities? What are their ages? You know, more, we need more information so that people, the people of Pennsylvania can understand this virus and learn to live with it because obviously it's been over two years now and we're still living with it. Well, and frankly, when they would release COVID data, they would do so in a way that made the pandemic seem much worse than it actually was. Everything right. would be displayed in the worst possible light because the more that they were able to message uh, how bad the pandemic 
was in perception wise at least how they saw it the more they were able to keep control uh continue their executive uh, uh actions uh their unilateral mandates shut businesses down really keep their thumb on pennsylvanians um and you know lead to this ever-growing uh chasm between the general assembly and the executive and one of the things that's always bothered me is they've got this dashboard that you're supposed to be able to go to to understand vaccinations and everything, hospitalizations and all this stuff, except for our largest county, Philadelphia, has their own reporting system and isn't reporting into the state. So it's it's effectively, it's effect, it's meaningless. It's meaningless data that they pump out to us. But then when you want to get to the real data, the data that would actually be helpful to know, they try to hide it and squander it. It makes right. you wonder why. All right. Least helpful dashboard. Tom Wolf's COVID-19 dashboard or dashboard confessionals? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a tie. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so your bill's out of committee. And, uh, you know, certainly we are committed to good government and transparency. And uh, we'll take this to the caucus and uh, see where it goes, right? Sound, sounds good to me. The Democrats in committee voted against it. And look, I have a great working relationship with the uh, Democratic members on the committee. And if they did have an issue with it and they have ideas on making the bill better and getting this information out of the Department of Health like we all wanted back in 2020, look, I'm willing to work with them on it. But I have yet to hear any ideas to make the bill better. Well, sometimes bills don't need to be made better. They're good as they are. Sounds like this one is. Well, we need, we need the data. The LBFC needs to do the report, and hopefully this bill will get there, and hopefully the department, with our moves and moving this bill, maybe they'll come to the sen- their senses sooner rather than later, and maybe we won't have to do the bill. Speaking we'll of see. coming to their senses. Oh, where's this going to go? Let's, let's talk corporate <laughs> net income tax. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to do uh, the, uh, the like, the segment change, like the, the you know, <laughs> like, um, I don't know, maybe Chuck's got some, got some sound so you can throw in there. So we cut taxes this week. Yeah, we cut taxes. Well, we voted to cut taxes. We approved True. a bill to cut taxes. Taxes aren't officially cut yet. Got to go through the Senate to the governor because unlike Tom Wolf, we don't act unilaterally. But look, it was nothing short of a historic vote. Uh, and really, it's something that I think shined a brighter light on what we've been doing uh, over the last two years and even recently over the last three or four months to really grow investment in Pennsylvania. So it was a 1% cut uh, or you know one percentage point reduction in the corporate net income tax, which really is a return of people's taxpayer dollars to grow investment in their communities. Uh, It's a way in which we can return, you know, the folks who have invested in the Commonwealth and give uh, job creators and employers uh, and those who are looking to come and locate here in Pennsylvania to grow our community, uh, grow grow our communities, grow our Commonwealth uh, and bring investment into Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, Republicans have been shipping away at the corporate tax structure and the business tax structure here in Pennsylvania um, as we can to make Pennsylvania more competitive and more inviting to business development. You know, it was under Governor Ridge that we started the phase down of the capital stock and franchise tax. Governor Corbett uh, continued that. When House Republicans got back in the majority that we finally moved to like a single sales factor, which makes us more competitive so businesses aren't penalized for being headquartered in Pennsylvania. We also have expanded net operating losses, which encourages large investments in Pennsylvania. So this is just another step in the things that we have actually done to make Pennsylvania more competitive. What I found interesting was like the the new 
tone coming from the House Democratic Caucus that suddenly they are the great champions of business tax reform. Well, where have you been the last 20 years? Well, I, you know, look, I think if, if you think House Democrats really are in, in favor of business tax reform, as you said yesterday, come see us about a bridge. Right. Um, it's just not true because what their proposal was is they want to fake lower the CNI by having a real backdoor tax increase. So if you think the Democrats have come up with a plan that's not going to actually result in a tax increase for people who come and invest in Pennsylvania, be punitive to uh, those who take a financial risk by building a business, uh, expanding it to the Commonwealth, um, you got another thing coming. Because if they didn't think that it would actually increase revenues and be punitive to corporations and businesses and those who look these this is these are the same democrats who shut down businesses and voted time and time and time and time again to keep them closed and kill our economy why all of a sudden would they have a come to jesus moment and say you know what we really should be doing is helping our job creators uh they 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 don't really this is uh you know they're they're, they're it's it's snake oil it's what they're trying to sell people well, I mean, I guess in fairness, uh, they, they really did do big corporations a, a big one uh, when they continued to support Tom Wolf's shutdown of small businesses during the pandemic. You know, when, when the Lowe's Garden Center was open, but Joe's Flowers down the shop couldn't open his doors, uh, that, was, that was really helpful. Yeah, and for the first time, boutique Democrats had to actually step foot inside of a Target or a Walmart. I could only imagine uh, the look on some Democrats' faces as they were walking through the, uh, the automotive section of a Walmart seeing the people that actually vote for them or vote against them or whatever rather than in their ivory tower their small boutique high-end stores you know but hey look there's no worse one percenter than a left-wing one percenter right uh all right you remember some punks looking at you like i've never been to a walmart <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i kind of felt like i was getting that look which is why i need to move on <laughs> no i actually I, I have three walmarts in my okay. in my district i always try to shop small and in my district you know we had a lot of businesses that were defined of those orders and it's funny so i was i was going back uh with my daughter grace on our photos from two years ago and it was two years ago when we were standing up for all of those small businesses and one of them were garden centers i have this small garden center the farmer's daughter um down in shrewsbury uh borough or shrewsbury township it's right um on the border with the borough and they were according to the order depending on how you read the order and who was interpreting the order and where you fell on that little list um she should have been closed. And, you know, I looked at her and I said, look, you know, I hear the arguments for it and I think you should be open. And she she did continue to move move forward with staying open and um, as did a lot of other businesses. But that was that was such a time when we we didn't need to do that. We didn't have to go through all of that. Yeah, other, um, I didn't have to act like general counsel to every single small business in my district when they're calling me. Hey, Kate, should I stay open or not? Well, I'm an attorney, but I can't provide you any legal advice. You need to call your attorney and see if you can stay open. And you, if, if I were you, I'd figure out every single way to stay open. And, yeah. you know, yes, make sure that everyone is safe. And that, you know, the virus isn't spreading and that you're not contributing to that. But at the same time, you should be able to stay open. A garden center outside selling flowers where people can socially distance was not allowed to stay open, according 
to certain interpretations of Tom Wolfe's order, but then you could go to, to Lowe's and, and get your mulch and your, your flowers, but they could stay open. Right. It made absolutely no sense. And I'll never forget my, my husband, as I was down at the farmer's daughter, my husband was over at Lowe's, <laughs> just, to, just to prove a point that you know we both could go, one to big box store, other to the small box store, get what we needed in an equally safe way. Right. And they both could stay open. Well, and I think the, the, the real bottom line here is that now that we're looking, we have two years perspective. Everybody is now realizing that these business closures and stay-at-home orders uh, were more harmful than they did good. COVID still spread. Uh, our economy was devastated. Kids had a terrible year of education. And the people are far worse off as a result of shutdowns and lockdowns and stay-at-home orders than they would have been if we just went business as usual. Responsible people would have been responsible. Irresponsible people would have been irresponsible. Uh, and that's generally what happened. And, um, you know, that – but we were forced into a mechanism that really put the Commonwealth on a really poor path forward. Um, but, you know, hey, hey look, we were doing what we always do. We set up for taxpayers, set up for Pennsylvanians, tried to keep us open. And we're still fighting for answers with – my bill. And that's why, you know, folks can say... There it is. That's oh, there it's, it's a good core. They, they did it. Transition. Can, <laughs> folks can say, well, you know, COVID's over. You know, we've moved on. Do we really need this report? No, we do. Because what happens in two, three, four, five, ten years, twenty years down the road if we have another pandemic or another health emergency that comes about and we have a governor who goes back and looks at the Tom Wolf playbook and says, hey, let's do this again. We need answers so that we can do better in the future. That, that, that's what government's all about, right? We need to learn from our mistakes, acknowledge them, fix them, and move forward. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. All right, well, uh, we also did smart justice this week, uh, keeping Pennsylvania's community safer through uh, and making sure the current laws we have are enforced, uh, because when they're not being enforced uh, and people go, we need more criminal laws. Well, you know, look, just like I tell my son, finish playing with the toys that you have before we buy you new ones. Um, if you're not using them, then we're not going to give you new ones. That's number one. Number two, make sure crime victims have the protections uh, that are afforded to them. They have a mechanism to achieve those. And then also uh, a really interesting bill to protect uh, cybersecurity and infrastructure uh, with Pennsylvania National Guard. Just wanted to hit on that. Before we get into PA House Democrats. San Francisco. Oh, this is Did the fun. This is this is a fun segment that hand, you guys do. My handwritten li list, which uh, there's only about a thirty percent chance that I'll be able to read what these things say. I was uh, hope. I was hoping I right. was going to get a chance to play this game. PA House Democrats or San Francisco? Four tweets about U.S. Congressman Scott Perry in the last twenty-four hours. Is it PA House Democrats or someone from San Francisco? Both. <laughs> well, PA House Democrat official. Twitter account, I think. Oh, yes. The PA House Democrats' official Twitter account, more concerned about a U.S. congressman than espousing their own message because their current message is terrible. I guess they had to cover for all of those members that voted no yesterday to reducing taxes. Well, and, uh, you know, look, we'll, we'll just jump right into it then because uh, a third of these folks voted to oppose an increase in penalties for sexual extortion. PA House Democrats. PA House, PA Democrats. House Democrats. A third of them. Yep. All right. Well, you know, I guess when you're trying to cover that stuff up, you need to tweet about Congressman Perry. Got a couple more here. Uh, they advocated and approved paying for homeless people, uh, homeless, to stay in hotels 
a policy that's now being called a, quote, disaster because it has resulted in things like deplorable living conditions inside these hotels, an increase in overdose doses, and uh, all the while, all this stuff is happening while these hotels are open to other tenants. Oh, God. So is that... Uh, so that's know, San Francisco, but it could be Philadelphia, too. Yes, that yeah. is San Francisco. It could very well be Philadelphia. Um, they basically gave rental vouchers to homeless people in San Francisco to stay in uh, hotels, and they did not regulate anything about the hotels. So you had uh, an increase in people running around asking for Narcan at the hotel front desk, uh, overdose deaths, uh, rooms riddled with cockroaches. Um, all the while, these hotels were also, uh, you know, taking reservations and bringing in, you know, regular folks. Now, was this operation also run by Maxine Waters? <laughs> <laughs> The one she did wasn't so good. <laughs> All right. This is, uh, I guess this is more um, San Francisco or Pennsylvania. But this county has been compared to Massachusetts merely because of its number and concentration of Democrats. Is Philadelphia? No. San Francisco. Oh. oh. Although you got to wonder if San Francisco has its own Pocahontas. Um, uh, all right, let's see. Today, officials of either the PA House Dems or San Francisco are calling for an e immediate end to cash bail. Oh, uh, that's that's PA House Dems. They're having a policy hearing on it. PA House Dems, because when you have violent criminals already running amok in the city of Philadelphia and they get arrested... You want to do the one thing that would be able to put them on the street even faster, which is eliminate cash bail. Yeah. That's that's smart justice right there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the opposite of smart justice would be... PA what? House Dem. A legion of doom. <laughs> as as, as my, my, my dad would say, they clearly don't have their smart hats on today. No. Yeah. It's most days. All right, last one. Members have been calling for the construction of 2,000 tiny houses to meet the housing crisis in Pennsylvania or San Francisco. San Francisco? San Francisco. Members of city council are calling for 2,000 tiny houses to be built within the city to address the housing crisis. Wow. Because their hotel ideas clearly did not work. All right. Well, that's it for this version of Pay House Down in San Francisco. Um, Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to coming back. Look, uh, we don't have a guest for next week, but I do just want to point out that next week is uh, one of my favorite holidays. May 4th. May the 4th. It's Star Wars Day. So it. next week we'll have an, a special podcast one way or another. Uh, we'll ensure that uh, there's either Star Wars trivia or Star Wars themed uh, discussions, or it's possible Nobody will want to join me, so it just might be me on the podcast. I was going to say, I may or may not be here. talking about Star Wars. Hey, you guys, Yoda best. Hey, you know, my my <laughs> my son got me a Yoda best dad shirt for Father's Day last year. Jen from the 106 is going to love that joke. Oh, and shout out for shout outs, Representative Matt Bradford yesterday. Shouted us out. In a good way or? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless... He's a listener. A shout-out to shout-out. Maybe you should bring him in. Maybe a call to the bullpen is ah, appropriate. Oh! 
Uh, we would, but hey, we try to wrap this podcast up in 25 minutes. I don't know if he'd be able to uh, meet that time frame. Too many questions. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, very much yes. so. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, it for this particular clown show. Uh, we will see you back here later uh, on Generally Assembled. And you can find this podcast where you find all your favorite House Republican podcasts. www.pahousegop.com slash my podcast. That's uh, it for Generally Assembled. Beep, boop, beep.